What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast, episode 13. If you haven't yet, if you're tired of me saying it, then go rate and review the podcast on iTunes. I'd greatly appreciate it. If you haven't liked the Facebook page yet, please go to facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod and give the page a like. I'd really appreciate it. Um, this podcast, it gets hashtag a bit awkward, um, hashtag a bit vulnerable. Um, I let you guys know everything that's going on in my life. I mentioned some big news that I had coming up, so I get into that at the end of the podcast as well. Um, I hope some of my vulnerability doesn't make it too awkward on your ears, but fuck it. I'm just here to be honest with you guys. I don't want to say too much more. So without further ado, episode 13, prove me wrong. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. Yay, yay. We are officially teenagers here at the Prove Me Wrong podcast. This is episode 13. How about them apples, huh? What's up, haters? Said I wouldn't make it to two episodes, and now here we are at 13. I'm just kidding. I don't, I don't think I have any haters. Maybe I do. You know who always has haters? Is like stay-at-home divorced mom. She's always talking about, oh, the haters. Oh, shout out to my haters. Like you see it on Instagram. It's like, is it just because you're out partying so people are hating on you because you're an asshole? Or do you really have haters? And you see it the other way too. But that's the one, it's like that demographic and then gym guy. I talk a lot of shit on gym guy, but he's also the one who talks about his haters. Oh, when you're out eating steak and they're out eating pizza, hi haters. You see me? I see you. Hi, Hater. But we are officially on episode 13. We're officially past 1,000 downloads. Holy shit. Thank you, guys. Um, if you've been telling friends about it, I really appreciate it. That was pretty cool to see. Of course, you always wish you'd get there a little bit quicker, but um, I'm not one to look gift horse in the mouth. So 1,000 downloads was a nice little milestone that I was happy to surpass um, in between last podcast and this one. We're officially a five-star rating in iTunes. Woo! So thank you again. I think there's finally 12 uh, rate and reviews up there. Um, the only ones that I could read of the actual reviews themselves, I didn't just give it a, a five-star. It was... I, I think these are all screen names, just your iTunes names. So shout out to A Sports Cat, Finn's Mike, Gabby X, and Red Wing 475. I really appreciate you guys, man. Um, a couple of you had reached out and let me know that you were leaving a review. So I went and checked them and everything. And I was really surprised. Um, this is a super fulfilling thing to do. And I've had a good time doing it. And I'm enjoying uh, people's feedback on it and everything. And you know what? It doesn't always have to be positive, too. To those of you that follow me on social media or you have my cell phone number, if there's something that can be improved, let me know. I'm good at taking criticism, I swear. Let me know if there's something else you'd like to see, if there's an, uh, someone you'd like to interview, if you'd like to see more videos, if you'd like to see less videos. Give your boy a holla, shoot me a text, hit me up on Instagram, hit me up on Twitter. Uh, go to the Facebook Prove Me Wrong podcast page, let me know there. 
Um, I'm, I'm open to suggestions, that's for sure. This is very one-man team DIY. Um, at least I still have Brian that I can kind of bounce some ideas off of once the podcast goes live and ask him about what could be better or how I could improve it just because we do have that dynamic of being a radio together before that he knows how I think. And at least if I say something incorrectly, he, he at least knows um, my, my mindset and the point I was trying to get across. So maybe if I came across too crass or didn't far, uh, fully articulate a, a point, he at least knows kind of what I'm getting at. So that helps to be able to, uh, once the podcast goes live, kind of ask him uh, his perspective on it and things I could do better. Um, today is November 1st. It's going to be an important date for you guys a little bit later on. It's the day after Halloween. I'd mentioned in the last podcast that I was going to have some big news to announce today. Um, so I'm definitely going to be doing that. Um, it's been an interesting couple weeks since we last spoke. I was talking about going out to New York. That will be so if today's Wednesday, the podcast is going to be coming out tomorrow, Thursday. So if you're listening to it today, I'm on my way to New York. Woohoo! I can't wait for that, man. We we found some good tickets for the UFC. We're gonna go to the weigh-ins. I mentioned my friends uh, Tom and Wes and Julian that work for uh, an EDM uh, DJ group named Cruella. So we're gonna go see them at Terminal Five there on the west side of New York. Um, it's just gonna be a fucking good time and well needed and the timing's perfect and i just couldn't be happier to be going out there um no i'm not scared since there was a terrorist attack yesterday and some people got ran over i think i'm going to be just fine there's always the hysteria that happens when anything like this goes down is first of all you see the thoughts and prayers we're not going to go there we're not going to go there and hysteria and now it's different with these car things that you keep seeing because whenever it's like one of the gun issues then immediately it's about the first amendment what we should be doing um do we need further regulation on it but when it's someone just running people over with a car we don't really know how to act about it and then the dude got out with like a paintball gun or something that i'm not being a conspiracy guy I'm not being a conspiracy guy just seems a little weird and remember when we were talking last week i said ah oh, Give it a week or two, and no one's going to remember Vegas at all anymore. That's weird, huh? You ever hear about Vegas anymore in the news? You see about it anymore on your Facebook feed? Any more GoFundMe accounts? We've just become numb to this type of thing. And look, I know it hits some of you guys harder than others. I know it hit even, especially where I'm from, like Myriad and Temecula specifically hard. There's a couple people that were shot from here. I believe mom even died from here, so that's horrible, but... I mean, it didn't happen that long ago, and we're already not discussing it anymore. It, it seems like there's some fishiness that goes on with this story. Just the way kind of the, the police have come out with some different information, and you just don't really know what to believe or think in, but it's just weird. A few weeks pass, and we all just go along our normal lives, no longer thinking about it. I mean, to those of you that have been to a show or to a concert since then, did it cross your mind going into it? I mean, I'm going to New York to go to a big UFC fight, going to um, a concert venue, and I'm not any more nervous. I'm not any more worried. Call it. I mean, I guess if something happens, then I'm naive as fuck, huh? 
but it's just you we've become numb to this we've become immune to this something bad happens and then we go along uh back to normal i mean when 9-11 first occurred i think that was like a it was a big shock because we weren't used to seeing anything like that there was so much death and it felt like we were so much kinder to each other to our neighbor being on the freeway it seemed to last about like a month before things went back to normal but i was fairly young i think i was a sophomore in high school when 9-11 happened so maybe my perception of it is a little bit distorted as um, I've grown a little bit longer in the tooth and uh, who who knows the mind of a, a 14 year old but kind of the crazy thing is about all this is the week 9-11 happened uh, me and my family were supposed to be going out to New York for a wedding that weekend we'd never been and we were supposed to actually have dinner in the World Trade Center I believe on that Thursday, if I remember correctly, I think 9-11 happened on a Tuesday, and we were supposed to have dinner in the World Trade Center on Thursday, so safe to say that didn't happen, and not that I'm even trying to compare the two, I mean, this isn't a, it's some people that got ran over, I'm not trying to downplay it either, but it's not the same magnitude as 9-11, but here we are again with something going down, and heading out to New York the week of, but it, I'm sure people forget about it this weekend already, but it was weird because all of a sudden I started seeing people mark themselves safe in New York. I have some friends that live out there, and it's like, what the fuck's going on? And for those of you that live in Wildemar, Murrieta, Temecula, you saw a lot of that of people marking themselves on Facebook, which I thought, thought was a little weird. Thought was a little weird. And if you follow me on Instagram, you can see that I was fairly close to the fire when I left my office the day of that big fire last week on Tuesday or Wednesday, whenever that was. You kind of see the flames coming up over the hill. Um, for those of you who don't know, there was a big fire in Wildemar last week, uh, burned thousands of acres. A guy had been out on his ATV, I think, and then it caught fire, but he was like three miles away back from his truck, so he was having to run back to alert authorities. But by that time, the fire was a roaring. And then the Facebook marking yourself thing came up, which is, correct me if I'm wrong, I didn't think that many people were in danger. I didn't think that many houses were in danger. <clears throat> Excuse me. And even where my sister and my folks live there in um, a community called Bear Creek, their house got knocked on um, that early morning. And the, the, the cops came and alerted them that it was uh, in uh, not a mandatory evacuation yet. But if the winds changed, then it would become a mandatory evacuation. But from even their vantage point, that fire was so far away. I didn't think their house was in any danger of getting burned down, but I understand how the Santa Ana's work, and if those winds had shifted and coming back up the canyon, then maybe they would have been in trouble. But you saw all these people marking themselves safe. How many of them were near the fire? How many of them were you actually worried about? I'm just saying. I get some of these tougher issues, like the Vegas thing, yo, I understand. If people knew you were going to be at that concert, probably important to mark yourself safe. Don't want to deal with all the texts and all the calls, and it's a pretty simple thing to do. But when there's a fire over a canyon and your house really isn't in danger, is it one of those look at me moments? I'm merely asking. I'm not saying I have all the answers, but that's what it kind of felt like. You'd see some people start marking themselves safe, and I'm like, aren't you in Menifee? Isn't that fire 20 miles away? Do you really need to be marking yourself safe? Or are you really saying, 
Look at me! Don't forget about me! I'm starting to think I probably should have just named this podcast the Look at Me podcast with how much I bring that goddamn thing up. But and it was kind of the same person. You knew the type of person that was going to mark themselves safe. And hey, I'm not trying to downplay the event. If you were in danger, if your house was in danger, if you were legitimately letting people know that you weren't on fire, good for you. Allowed to do it. But I saw a little bit of that social media peacocking on there a little bit. Just wanting people to say, look at me. Don't forget about me. Is that just me? Did you think the same thing too? It's okay to let me know. But it just it just feels like some people just want to feel important. Or maybe people are just lonely. So maybe by doing this, it makes them feel... Because then you start getting the comments. Like I saw a meme the other day. It was so funny. It said, if you're ever feeling bad about yourself, just have your mom post a picture of you and see all the nice comments that come in from her friends. And it's pretty true, right? If your mom ever posts anything, it's these... I mean, especially like my mom's age because she's in her 60s. So then you have all these people. Oh my gosh, such a sweet family. Oh, they're so happy together. So they're much kinder to each other than some of my friends are. Because if I post a selfie, I know goddamn good and well. Some of my friends are going to talk shit. Some of them are going to do it via social media. Some of them are going to do it via text. But especially with as much shit as I talk on this podcast and what I talk about on social media, it's warranted. I get it. But rarely do you see the shit talking from mothers or grandmothers posts. It's just nice old ladies being nice to one another saying what a beautiful family you have. So that's it. if you're feeling down, just have your mom post a picture of you. Maybe you'll feel better reading through the comments unless she's got some savage friends that my mom doesn't have or something. Maybe, maybe I'm mistaken. Maybe your family and their friends uh, act a little bit differently. But um, that's usually the way it goes for my mom. It's been a interesting week if you guys are baseball fans i talk shit on sports on here a lot obviously but the doyers are heading into game seven tonight um i will not be there however we are going to a clipper game tonight as a family so i imagine traffic's just going to be smooth sailing from here to la if if you guys have been watching it have you been a dodger fan you've been rooting for the astros I don't have a dog in the fight. I grew up a diehard Angel fan. I got an, it was a drunken, but a California Angel tattoo on me. Um, but I don't really give a shit about them that much anymore. But it's been fun to just have something to turn on the TV, to root for, to clap for. And something I never thought I'd say. I've been a Doyer fan this week. I'm team bandwagon over here, okay? I don't need the 20 years, the decades of disappointment. Just give me the good times. I wasn't watching Conor McGregor back when he was fighting in Ireland. I'm watching him in the UFC. That's Bandwagon fans get a bad rap. I think being a bandwagon fan is the way to go, especially in 2017. What the fuck do you want to root for a losing team for? Get a life. Get a better team. Get another hobby. Are, are you a masochist? Do you just enjoy wallowing in your pain? I mean, up until the Cubs won the World Series last year, one could argue they're the worst fan base in the history of all of sports. They've been losing for literally 100 years without a World Series. Their fans still show up. 
Literally, no championship for over a hundred years. Games sell out during the day. Concession stands are booming. People are still buying jerseys and hats. If you're a real fan of that team, you're kind of a shitty fan. You're just allowing them to lose and you'll still go support them. Nah. Team bandwagon over here. You want me to root for you? You want me to turn you on the TV? Give me something worth watching. I'm no longer trying to endure. I don't want to be that person that says, I've been an Angel fan for 45 years, and I've been waiting for this moment for them to win the World Series again. Fuck that. I'm just going to hop from bandwagon to bandwagon and enjoy myself. There's enough things to be mad at in the world. What do I need to add a favorite team that sucks dick on top of it for? Like, it's kind of how I approach being a LeBron James fan. Although my... I was probably one of the only families that was like raised actually a Clipper fan. Shout out to Grant for that. But my whole family's been Clipper fans, I don't know, 15 years. So I've always rooted for them and for LeBron. And when I was in doing sports talk radio, I'd always hear, oh, you got to pick a team. No, you're either with the Heat or you're without the Heat. Oh, you're either a Cavs fan or you're not a Cavs fan. Fuck that. I was going to follow LeBron wherever he went. Look, that guy graduated a year earlier than me in high school. I played in the same tournament as him as this thing called Vegas Big Time. We didn't play against his team, but we were in the same tournament at the time. I played against, you guys know who Joe Kim Noah is, was on the Bulls. I think he's on the Knicks now. I actually did play against his team in that tournament. But LeBron, I just figured he's kind of a guy my age. He was straight out of high school. Games were on ESPN when he was in high school and selling out arenas. So I've just followed him around. You're on the Cavs? All right, Cavs fan. You're on the Heat? All right, Heat fan. You go somewhere else? I'll follow you there too, man. It's all good. But for you lifelong fans, are you having fun yet? For all you Angel fans, are you having fun yet? I decided years ago, first of all, I got tired of baseball just because it's all the traditions of baseball. It's old baseball guy that didn't want instant replay, and I just kind of got tired of the bullshit of it all. And the tradition, you got to evolve. Baseball's starting to do that a little bit. But I stopped watching the Angels just because I decided if they weren't going to get the balls to fire Sosha and start a new team and try to rebuild, then I wasn't going to watch anymore because if they weren't going to um invest in themselves and i wasn't going to invest in watching them so i've i haven't watched baseball for years i mean even as this world series is going on i was saying i'm bandwagon fan guy that's a hundred percent true even now i don't know if i can name 10 total guys on the team i mean my mom was coming in oh how about that altuve do you like that altuve he's like david Eckstein. i'm like who the fuck is altuve I didn't even know Verlander was on the Astros. I still thought he was a Tiger. So that's how little baseball I have watched. And I'm telling you, do you think it felt any different yesterday when the Dodgers were scoring? I was clapping my hands. Me and my brother-in-law were slapping high fives. It felt the same. It was as if I had been a fan for all these years. And you lifelong fans, maybe there's a little bit more for it to you, but I jumped. I clapped. I smiled. We had fun. All without the disappointment. You lifelong fans, you're doing it wrong. You don't have to do it anymore. I don't care where your dad grew up or where your grandfather grew up or that you've been watching the team since you were five years old. Fuck that. Join team bandwagon. Life is just as good. I promise you. I promise you, life is just as good. 
And let's say the Clippers go and make it to the finals this year. You will not see any posts from me. Oh, I went to the first game when I was in year 2000 when it was Darius Miles and Quentin Richardson and we've been fans for so long. Nah. Because you know why? If the Cavs make it to the finals, I'll root for the Cavs. You know how many regular seasons I'm going to, games I'm going to watch? Not many. I wait for it to get good. I wait for it to get good. Why waste my life? Like, regular season baseball guy. There's 162 games. Do you really care about a game in June? In July? I know, I know that every game matters. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But there's 162 of them. Be exciting. Be better. I'm not getting invested for 162 games. The only reason why I've watched every single episode of The Office numerous times, it's because they're 22 minutes. You know what? And they're all on Netflix. I can endure 22 minutes. Or if there's a part I don't like or an episode I don't like, I hit next. I go on to the next one. Welcome to the future. I just I just bring in the information, the entertainment that I want to see, and I don't deal with the rest. I'm always talking shit on CNN and Fox News. But you know what? I don't watch it. I, I can't watch it. And we all know what that is, but why should I get my news from that and just sit here and slam my fist and go, this is wrong? No, I'd rather get my information from a better source. We talked about it with the National Anthem and all these fucking people talking shit on the NFL. Then don't watch it. You don't want to see it, then don't watch it. But don't watch it, then complain about it. There's nothing I hate more than someone that wants to complain about an issue, but not change an issue, not change their ways. They just want to continue doing exactly what they're doing. And that's not how this is going to work around here. Person that slams on mainstream media, but you continue to watch it. Person that shits all over ESPN, but you continue to watch it on a daily basis. Put up or shut up. I'm only taking in the things I want to see. It's this positive feedback loop. And sure, it might put me in an echo chamber where I'm only hearing <laughs> similar ideas and everything. But I try to venture out, especially on Twitter. Twitter is such a good tool. I follow some crazy lefties. I follow some crazy righties. I follow this guy, Paul Joseph Watson, that works for um, InfoWars. If you guys don't know what InfoWars is, it's Crazy Alex Jones. And they're... I don't know what you call him. I don't know if you call him alt-right. I wouldn't necessarily say that because he's kind of gone after every president, but they're a bit of a conspiracy theory website. And I like to see what they're saying. I kind of just view it as like looking in windows all the time. I'm just, I'll go look at the left window and see what the crazy liberals are saying. Then I'll go walk over to the other building and kind of look at the alt-right and put my face up against the window and just kind of see what they're doing. But I try not to get involved in their conversations. I just want to be on the outside looking in just so I can get a good judge of what's going on in the world or where people's opinions are on certain issues. But I can't do the Sean Hannity's of the world. I can't do the Rachel Maddow's of the world. And I mean, when you turn it on, it's so ridiculous that they have this seven to like eight screens of the different panelists all trying to give you information in a seven minute time frame before they have to go to that commercial break are you learning anything are, you, are they changing your mind about anything 
I don't think so. The only way I get my mind changed, not the only way, but one of the best ways is in the long form podcast. It's hearing somebody speak for an hour, two hours, three hours, if you're lucky enough to get them for that long, that you can actually hear ideas broken down. Um, And that's where things can change. I mean, you look at even the antiquated presidential debates. It's just people yelling over each other and there's no exchanging of ideas. It's, it's not like a stop and like, wait, wait, wait. How about you better explain yourself there? They don't even talk like real people. They have this voice and they talk like this and my opponent and his opponent and me and flip-flop. And they speak in this term that you would never hear in real life. Like when you're watching these debates or even the CNN stuff, kind of like we were talking about or Fox News when they have these panels on. When would you ever see that form of communication played out in real life? I don't think you do. It's only in that in that format. It's similar to um, like the uh, the Spanish soap operas, you know, where it's over the top and they're throwing water in each other's face. Like that only occurs in those Spanish soap operas, or I mean, even in the American soap operas as well. But it's not real. And the same thing's happening with this mainstream media stuff and with the politicians is that they just live in this little bubble world where they're kind of like actors, but none of it makes sense. And nobody really talks like that in real life. And it drives me crazy. So I like getting to hear guys like Jordan Peterson, Neil deGrasse Tyson, uh, Lawrence Krauss, anybody like that in these long form conversations. And even then, like when I do it, there's so many times where I don't agree with someone, but it's two, three hours. So you find that you do have middle ground with some people, even people on the far right and the far left. Sometimes they'll start talking about the economy. Like, all right, well, I kind of agree with them there. Maybe the rest is all loony, but you can find common ground in some of these conversations. And isn't that what it's supposed to all be about? So stop consuming sports or shows that you don't like create this positive feedback loop in your life. It's a better way to live. I live life with less anxiety that way. I can certainly tell you that much. But I mentioned going to the Clipper game tonight. Um, it's It's been a rough week or two weeks. Um, I've been joking about becoming an orphan recently. Um, that was put into perspective again for me this weekend. I'm not going to name any names or anything, but I went to a a buddy's funeral for his dad. This kid's younger than me. Um, His dad has now died. His mom died uh, when he was a a young boy, I believe. So now he's a younger kid without um, any parents. So just know when I'm talking about being an orphan and my family's leaving me that um, I know it could be much worse. It's just kind of silly and it's not my favorite thing in the world that my family chose to move to Texas, but it's perspective everything's gonna be just fine so i mentioned going to new york this week and everything and it's been perfect timing so um we're going to the clipper game tonight tomorrow i'm flying out to new year's uh to new york so tonight and tomorrow is gonna be um the last couple nights kicking it with the family before uh, before they move out so not looking forward to that. Um, so many people, I think, kind of put a front on on social media and things look happier than they are or they at least try to perceive it that way. Um, like yesterday was awesome just with Halloween. 
it's just, I saw so many of you guys that are good parents being good parents. Um, maybe it looks great. Maybe it's chaos behind the lens or behind the filter of Instagram, but just looking through it, I was just, I was pretty proud. It's pretty cool to see people stepping up to the plate. I think we're going to do a better uh, job as our generation than the previous one did of uh, raising our kids the right way and everything. It's the best thing we can hope for. But like I was saying, some people put on a front here on social media. And if you guys follow me on Instagram specifically, um, you see all the posts, the videos of me kicking it with the quads. And let me tell you, there there is no front going on there. Um, there's no animosity behind the scenes. Me and my sister and brother-in-law and their whole family get along great. Um, I adore the kids and they adore me. And there's just no fakeness behind it. So it's been, sorry. I told you guys in the episode one of this that this was going to be an honest podcast and that I wasn't going to put on a front for you guys. So if I get a little emotional during this one, I warned you. I fucking warned you about it. Um, But yeah, it's just going to be interesting seeing them go on a new adventure. And I'm lucky that it's not that long of a flight away. And with social media and with technology, you can be far away and still be pretty fucking close. Like I grew up, my whole family grew up in Texas, aunts, uncles, grandmas, grandpas, and we all obviously grew up in California. And I didn't talk to them. I mean, outside of a Christmas card, did they know what I was doing? I mean, they'd call me on a birthday, some of them. Um, Call me on, get some gifts on Christmas, or like we'd fly back there once in a while. But it wasn't like this daily update or getting to see people grow. It was just, it was like the Oregon Trail of communication, you know? So it's the easiest time ever to move away from people and yet still be close. I've experienced that on my own, obviously, with living in Florida and living in Kentucky and all the different places I've lived in California and everything. And that was always the one cool thing, especially as the social media has evolved, is how easy it is to stay close. So it turned out to be, I think, pretty perfect timing. Because I'd already planned this trip to New York prior to knowing when they were going to move. So it'll be nice to kind of go say goodbyes and then hop on a flight and go dance and have fun in New York. Um, I was talking about the date a little bit and that today's November 1st and it's going to be coming out on the 2nd. But it was weird because my sister was texting me last week and she said the current house they were in, they moved in October 28th and then they were moving out October 28th. And I was actually looking at dates of my own and I'll be landing in New York to go uh, hang out with uh, Brian for the weekend on November 3rd. And that's going to be five years to the day uh, that I moved to Florida and he picked me up at the airport and we started that two year journey um, in sports talk radio and everything else. And it's just completely coincidental. And I don't know if there's anything to it, but it was it was a nice little coincidence. And the other thing that I told you that there was big news to announce. Um, well, like I said, it's been a it's been an interesting couple of weeks at the end of September. Um, I went so for the I'll, I'll, let me back up real quick. So when I moved back from Florida, I had no plan whatsoever. I thought, fuck it, maybe I'll go work in a restaurant again. Um, move down to San Diego, try and just make some money and start this podcast. That 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 was always the thought. Is I'm going to try and start the podcast. Hopefully one day I can build it up enough, and that'll be the way 
that I make money, but I knew that I wasn't gonna have any income in coming back. I mean, fuck. When I moved back from Florida, the only money I had in my pocket was the paycheck I picked up like the day before I moved. And with Christmas coming, I think I moved back on like the 22nd, so I had Christmas coming up and everything. So any money that I had pretty much just went straight to Christmas uh, gifts and there, there wasn't much left at the end of that. Because um, after the radio kind of went sideways, I was working in this halal cafe called the Cozy Cafe. And man, I, I was a manager there. And I'm pretty sure being a man, like key holder manager at this, uh, ca- it was like a cafe slash steak joint. It was halal. It, it, it was it was many things. It was weird. But I think I was making 700 bucks or seven, 700 bucks. I was making like seven bucks an hour. And like on like the high side, if I worked like 60 hours a week, I might clear a thousand bucks, 1100 bucks. And Florida's weird where if for all you servers out there that they collect all of their tips on paychecks and then you get it two weeks later. So it's not like you're even leaving with cash in your hand that day or anything. Um, you're having to wait two weeks for the money to come in. So it was, it was always a grind. Even when I first started working at the radio station, they were supposed to be paying me like 400 bucks a week or something. I mean, we're not, if people are in worse situations than that, I, I don't mean to talk shit, but 400 bucks a week is not a lot of money. Um, that's why when I was even doing the radio, I was also, I worked at a, a golf course there for I think a year, six months. Then I, like I said, I managed that, that cafe. And even with the radio, it was so up and down and we had a gig, we didn't have a gig, we had a gig, we didn't have a gig. And when I talk about fuck Florida, part of it is just because Florida was so tough. We, we, me and Brian tried to be cognizant of it as it was happening. I mean, we had our electricity turned off a couple times. We were like three weeks late on rent one time. I didn't even have a car. Like, not to sound like the dad that was saying, I walked up uh, to school on a hill both ways and it was snowing and barefoot, but Florida just wasn't the easiest. I mean, there was times where if I, Brian would drop me off at work sometimes if he could, otherwise I would take a lift because like, I got, I hate asking for help. I just do shit on my own. So I'd either like take a lift or an Uber. They just got in there or I just simply walk to work. And the Halal Cafe was 4.8 miles away. And you can imagine what that's like walking to and fro to work in 99% humidity. It's not fun only to be making how much money again? Not a lot. And that was just, that, that's kind of part of why I say fuck for it, because it was a tough time. I'm not saying this to be, woe was me or anything like that. Like life was good. We, we had food from time to time. The electricity was primarily on, but it was, it was a uh, character building for me for sure. And I talk about Joe Rogan a lot and everything, but what you got to understand is during that time when I was walking to work or where I just didn't feel like I didn't know what the fuck I was going to do. I made this big move. It didn't work out. Radio wasn't going the way I wanted it to. Um, There was always imposter syndrome going on where I never felt like I belonged or that I had earned the job that I had. So walking to and from work or just even on my breaks, what I would do is, I don't even think I knew how the podcast app worked back then. 
but there was this website called YouTube uh, dash to MP3. So I would take these rants um, of Joe Rogan, or I don't know if you guys know who Jason Silva is, but he's the host of Brain Games and has an awesome YouTube series called Shots of Awe. Or I listen to Alan Watts or Joseph Campbell or Neil deGrasse Tyson. And you could only, it would only let you download 20 minute clips or less. So I just would load up my iPhone 4 with these different talks of Joe, um, uh, of Joe talking about motivational stuff or uh, Neil deGrasse Tyson talking about the universe. And I just knew, fuck it. If I'm going to have to be walking during this time, then I'm going to at least put on something where I can learn a little bit, expand my mind, expand the consciousness and move forward. I just didn't want it to be a total loss because otherwise you're just sitting there going, fuck, 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 fuck. You're kicking rocks. You're angry at the world. I mean, it's, it's so easy to become miserable when you're, you're chafing. You didn't make any money that day and you're having to walk home from work. I mean, there was one night where during Ramadan, um, they can't eat until like after sundown or maybe even later than that. So the place would get slammed at night and we finally got out at like two o'clock and I was going to have to be back at seven in the morning um, for the breakfast shift. And I didn't want to walk all the way home to take an hour nap to then walk all the way back. So I just slept in the doorway. <laughs> yeah, I didn't want to sleep inside because they had cameras. So I knew that they would see that. Then ask me like, yo, man, what the fuck? Not even that the owners would have cared. They probably would have allowed it. But I just didn't want to let down my guard that much. So I just slept in the outdoor uh, doorway and then woke up the next morning and just worked. But that's why when I talk about Rogan or some of these other people, it it was the right place, the right time for me because I didn't know what I was doing next. I mean, who the fuck ever knows what they're doing? I, I don't know what I'm doing next now, but the different videos that they had um, helped my perspective, helped my PMA, if you will, for those of you that don't know, it's positive mental attitude, just where I wasn't wanting to kill myself every single day. But I, when I moved back, there was no plan. Um, I got lucky enough. I, I don't know if I should name any names or anything. If you guys knew who I worked with and you know, um, but I got, it was just luck of the draw when I moved back home. Um, a buddy that I used to play high school golf with, um, I think I played pony baseball with too. He'd hit me up and just said he had this idea for a sports app and asked if I wanted to meet. So I think it's probably, I mean, maybe three or four days since I'd been home. I'd already hit up a couple of buddies about a restaurant in San Diego I was going to look at. And he approached me about this app called uh, Brushback at the time. When I'd originally been pitched it, I thought that it was going to be a lot of uh, content creating, writing stories, maybe making videos, and just doing essentially what I'm doing now with the podcast. But it wasn't, we had no money for funding in the beginning. I think the first three months, um, they were just paying me out of this other company they had. And no joke, I think it was 100 bucks a week, maybe like 125 a week. And that was for at least the first three or four months. And then I helped out with another project they had and was learning some more skills. And then eventually we raised a little bit of money and started a company called Brushback. And then from there, we kind of pivoted away from it a little bit. We didn't really keep up with the apps all that much. And we just started selling small business advertising for Facebook and Instagram. So if you were a small business, we'd run a Facebook lead, you'd fill it out. And then the next day we'd call you, we'd sign you up to manage and run a Facebook and or Instagram ad for you. And over the years, let me just say this, start. Through that, I learned so much. Through that, 
I was a minority owner of a company. I made more money than I, I mean, from week to week basis than I ever had before. But ultimately, I found myself not being happy. Um, I talk about imposter syndrome. If you guys don't know what it is, it's just kind of like when you don't feel like you belong in the room. And I think sometimes when you go into certain situations, certain relationships, certain working environments, like when, for example, when I thought I moved to Florida, I was like, oh, I'm going to find self-worth now, big boy job, working for CBS Sports Orlando, but it never really came. And then you think like maybe oh, if there's more money, then then it'll kind of come. But you just, you know when you know and you you don't know, or you know when you don't know, I guess is the way to say that. And I just really, outside of like having a press pass or getting to do cool events or peacock my way on social media for people to know I'm doing cool shit, it wasn't all that fulfilling. Of course, now with hindsight, I can look back and say that I gained a small amount of skill where at least now I can speak into a microphone, no matter how good or bad you guys might perceive that. But at least I did learn that skill from that. And I gained the confidence of knowing I can sit down in front of a mic and do um, and speak. So with as tough as Florida was, I can now look back and say that there was something gained out of it while it felt like nothing was being learned or gained while I was there. So I've been working for this company with this company for the last three years. And it was kind of like the same thing. You know, I thought I always thought, oh, getting to say you're a business owner, that's going to make you feel so good. Never really found that. I also got worried about just having to hang my hat on that. Like, are you saying that you're a business owner so then you could feel more self-worth? And it's just kind of like the mental game that I played. But I say all this to say I had mentioned that I had some big news. Um, Last September, it just kind of came to a head. My life traditionally runs in two-year cycles. Um, I do something for a couple years, I get exhausted of that, and I move on. This Christmas would have been three years of uh, before, um, three years to the start of when we had founded this company and started moving on. But at the end of September, I went to my business partner and I said, I want out. I said, I want out. So like I said, today's November 1st. As of yesterday, being October 31st, I'm officially unemployed. I left the company I helped start. I'd approached them, and just to be perfectly honest with you guys, um, I knew no one was going to buy my stock, or at least I couldn't find, I couldn't raise the money myself to have somebody buy me out. So I converted it a little bit, and essentially what's going to happen without getting into the numbers for you guys um, is I'm just going to still receive part of the paycheck I was getting for the next three months. Call it severance, call it cashing out stock in a creative way. Don't really give a shit how you want to coin it. But then he asked me, what are you going to do? I said, I'm going to do my podcast. I said, I'm going to do my podcast every week. I'm going to create weekly videos. I'm going to make this thing the best fucking thing I can. Because outside of being an uncle, this is what brings me the most joy in life. Outside of being an uncle or hanging out with the family, this is the thing I know and love. This is the thing when I was walking to and from work in Florida that I had in my mind of, you got to start a podcast, you got to start a podcast. I know it's not the best thing yet. I know it could be more. 
I know I can create more things. I know I can get better with production and the way I speak and the way I try to articulate my clumsy thoughts. But just so you guys know, for at least, I got some money in savings, not a lot. And when we're talking about cashing this out and me getting three months severance, I mean, we're not even talking tens of thousands of dollars, I promise you. But for the next three months, and hopefully longer, this is what I'm fucking doing. The podcast is now going to be every single week. I'm going to be creating different videos. I'm going to be trying to do some more of the live stuff, like the Hot Ones Challenge. Creating more challenges. Getting bigger guests. Traveling if I have to to get bigger guests. But this, to me, is I'm pushing all my fucking chips in. One of my biggest fears in life, and even a kid, I remember just staring up at the ceiling at night and thinking, having that moment of like being on your deathbed and just going, fuck, I should have tried harder. I could have done more. I could have become something better, become some, something that I wanted to. I never wanted to become a slave to a job I never wanted to be just working something that I fucking hated because there's nothing that drives me crazier than someone that complains without doing something. It's your fat friend that won't put down the burger and go to the gym. It's that person at your job that complains every day about their boss, complains every day about the employees. Well, either do something about it or shut the fuck up. Some of my friends that are listening right now have probably heard me say those exact words to them. Either if you're going to keep, either stop complaining about your job or fucking do something about it. So this is me doing something about it. Um, Not that anything was wrong there. I just wasn't happy. And I knew that as long as I was working there, I would never be able to give my all to this. And if I have to get another job later down the line, okay. But my goal and I'm just, I'm putting it out there and I, I'm sorry if this sounds pretentious or arrogant or whatever it is. My goal is to make this my new life, my new way of income, my new outlet, and trying to create the life that I have always wanted. I mentioned I'm not good at asking for help, I'm not. But this is where you guys come in. If there's videos, if it piques your interest, share them. If you have friends on social media and you see an Instagram post or someone, tag someone. If there's a business you own or a business that you know that might want to sponsor the podcast, let me know. I can't do this all alone. And that's been the greatest thing about this whole podcast is if I was just the man speaking in the mic and no one was listening, then it wouldn't fucking matter. This has been an organic little family of uh, just that we're on this adventure together, you know. I mean, it's getting just about 100 downloads per each episode right now. And I love that this whole thing's growing organically. I'm glad that I'm not running a ton of ads to try and get some bullshit stuff. I'm not going to buy followers or anything like that. I want this to be a true grassroots DIY podcast and get it to grow from here moving forward. Um, I'm going to reach out to some bigger guests just because I think that'll help kind of springboard the podcast and get it to a new audience. But really... At the end of the day, I'm asking for your guys' help on this. Um, and if this ever becomes something big, if it ever turns into, I mean, just a, a bigger podcast, we'll all be a part of it. 
Um, that's why I, I appreciate all the rate and reviews. The people that have tagged other friends and everything. Dude, thank you so fucking much. Um, if you've texted me and let me know anything positive about the podcast, again, thank you so much because I'm just a man in a bedroom right now and I, I never know what sticks. I never know um, what comes across as like I said, arrogant or pretentious or anything, but my main goal of this whole thing was just to be a hundred percent honest with you guys, um, because you get bullshit other places. And I think people understand when someone's being genuine, they get it and they respect it. I mean, that's what I like about in the podcast that I listen to, whether me talking about psychedelics or hiking or floating or religion all I'm conveying to you guys is honesty and truth and my perspective on things. So that's that. That is the big news. Um, it's quite a leap. Like I mentioned, the last two weeks have been really intense. Um, I didn't even tell half my staff until until the day before I was going to just do an Irish exit. Any of you that anybody that's ever drinking with me before knows I'm the king of the Irish exit. For those of you that don't know what an Irish exit is, it's when you have a friend that's drinking or gets drunk and then all of a sudden they disappear. Not in a gutter or anything. I just I snuck out the back door, got my ass in an Uber, and I went home without telling anybody so I didn't have to hear about it the next day. It's just easier that way. And that was kind of the same thing I wanted to do with work. So I think it finally came through the grapevine. They all heard about it the day before. Um, We went to lunch and I got a card and I was on my way. And I was really worried about it on that last day of work if I was gonna be super nervous about now, now what the fuck do I do? But I can tell you with confidence that a weight was lifted off. Um, It feels like this is the right path. Now, whether it turns into something in a month, a year, or five years from now, just know that this is now my goal. This is my focus. And I'm very hopeful for the future. So I think it was perfect timing with now my sister moving away, getting to reset this in in New York, sorry, five years to the day, and then come home fresh and just really attack this shit. I mean, how, how many times... Do you just get three months free of actual work? This is a dream. This is like summer vacation. This is like a dream come true. Or you mean I just get to sit around all day? And I mean, of course, this can go two ways, guys. I could either squander it, just get fat as fuck, eat pizza and do nothing. Or I can start sharpening my skills. I mean, when you look at the video stuff I do, that's just me. I barely know what I'm doing. With the audio stuff, like I said, it's just me. I barely know what I'm doing. But for the next three months, this is my goal. This is my focus. I'm going to get better at this um, in every aspect of it. I'm going to be bringing in more guests. And I just want to sincerely say fucking thank all of you guys so much that have been listening, that have been tuning in. I hope this wasn't too heavy for you guys or anything, but... Like I said, I just wanted to be honest, and it's been a rough couple weeks, but perspective of it all, no one's going off to war, no one's sick. <laughs> As my, if you guys ever see in my Instagram posts, if I ever do hashtag mini me, that's my nephew Lucas, and it's it's always kind of like the nature versus nurture thing, where uh, his middle name is Gregory, and he just so happens to be so many things that a Gregory is. I mean, if you do a side-by-side of what he looked like as a kid and what I looked like as a kid, I mean, it's it's doppelganger shit. 
but it was so funny that um, my sister's sister-in-law was crying, telling the kids goodbye and everything. And Lucas looked at her, said, I'm not dead. I'm not dead. What three and a half year old even knows that phrase or to use it in that, um, that perfect moment, you know? So perspective of it all, I'm excited for my family to move to Texas. I hope it serves them right. I hope it's everything they're looking for. Um, it does fuck me up to be here because when I was like doing those walks, I told you and listening to these different things, I just kept thinking, you know what, like be, be an uncle that those kids can look up to. And, uh, it's starting to get there and it's exciting. And I just like being an uncle in their lives <clears throat> and it's been fun having them around, but like I said, with social media, with Instagram, with Skype, it's not that bad. As Lucas said, he's not dead. Everything's going to be just fine. And who knows, maybe I'll end up out there in a couple years or so, or maybe they'll come back and um, we'll continue this fucking just cool time that we've been having. So I'm sorry if it got a little too heavy for you guys. I just wanted to be super honest with you. Um, so if you guys haven't liked the page yet on Facebook, it's facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod if you haven't rated and reviewed the podcast yet please go do that if you have i hope i I shouted out everybody that had already previously done it again thanks to a sports cat fins mike gabby x and red wing 475 i really appreciate you guys um but just to end the podcast and more on a positive note i wanted to just play one of my favorite uh joe rogan videos that really did change my life and I, I, I mean that seriously, that it was just the way that he had said it and spoke about it. It was a perspective I had never really thought about. And I send, if you're a close friend, you've definitely been sent this video before. It's a video I've sent to many friends. I think I've even posted it on Facebook, I'm sure. But it's just a little three minute clip and it's called Be the Hero of Your Own Story. So guys, thank you so much. This was the Prove Me Wrong Podcast, episode 13. Um, Thank you for all that you guys do. Share it with a friend. But here's the Joe Rogan, Be the Hero of Your Own Story. What you were bringing up with Joey is a real good point that a lot of people say, oh, I just want to sort of, they kinda, they're kind of dabbling in the idea of improving themselves. And the real way to do it is you got to write down what the fuck you want and then go after it. Because otherwise you live in sort of a wishy-washy world. You know, if you decide I'm going to get down to bang, I'm going to do this, I'm going to run a marathon in less than five hours, I'm going to, you know, whatever the fuck it is, you got to write that shit down and go for it. What I tell people is the best advice that I, I've ever heard the best advice I ever came up with is that live your life like you're the hero in your movie. And right now is when the fucking movie starts and your life is a shitbag disaster like every fucking Arnold Schwarzenegger movie where he wakes up and makes a blender full of pizza and ice cream and that's what he, you know what I mean? Those guys where they're like on the brink, they put the gun in their mouth and they put it down because they see a photo of their daughter. Pretend that's you. Pretend you are, uh, right now, you're in the part of the movie that starts and it shows you as a fucking loser. And just decide not to be a loser anymore. Live your life like there's a documentary crew following you around and you are analyzing your own behavior. 
do what you would want to do so that your kids one day would look back at it and, and, and see that documentary and look on it with pride. Like, wow, my dad was a bad motherfucker. He really did what he had to do. Wow, my mom really got her shit together. I love a success story, but even more than a success story, I like a dude who fucks his life up and then gets it back together again story. Those are my favorite stories. And the way to do that, you gotta write shit down. You gotta think that you are the hero in your own fucking movie, and then you gotta sit down and you gotta write shit down. Write down what you need to do. Most people play the role of the victim in the movie, right? Sure. Yeah, this life is fucking me over, man. I could have had this and I should have had that. And why does this guy get that? And why does that guy get this? And all things that are completely unrelated to you. All things that you, you find other people's success is a, a, a downfall in your own existence. Instead of being inspired, instead of choosing to be positive, instead of like improving constantly on, on the direction of trying to achieve whatever the fuck you have written down, you just sit around and spiral, you know? There's nothing more miserable than sitting around someone who's fucking complaining all the time. It's one of the most annoying things ever. Everybody hates it. When someone just sits around and they complain about their life and they don't do jack shit about it. And you tiptoe around it. You don't know what to say. Well, she gets upset when you bring that up. I don't want to bring that up. And you want to go, you fucking crazy bitch. You know what's wrong with your life. Stop stop announcing it to everybody else and go out and fix that shit. That's tough love. Tough love is what everybody needs. Me included.